0: We come to the conclusion of our study of 1 Samuel today. So turning your Bibles to 1 Samuel 30. If you've been here for any of our uh, series teaching through this book, you know that the theme of the book comes from 1 Samuel 13, verse 14. Israel had asked for a king... And it was actually a slap in God's face because God was their king, but they wanted to be like other nations, so they asked for an earthly king. And God gave them a man named Saul, but Saul failed to seek after God as a leader of Israel. So God said He was going to reject Saul, and He was going to seek after a man after his own heart. And Of course, He's talking about David. As we've gone through this book, we've seen all the ways that David sought to be a man after God's own heart, and we're able to make the applications to our own lives how by God's grace, through His Spirit, in any number of situations in life, we can seek after God's heart and become people after God's heart. The theme this morning to close our series is something that I know couldn't possibly be relevant to anyone. Seeking after God's heart through stress. You're never stressed, right? I know it's not relevant, but we'll talk about it anyway. If, uh, if you're sort of my age, or you know people sort of my age, you're probably familiar with a test that many physicians give to people called a stress test. A stress test is a test that is set up and given to discern how well someone's heart is responding under heavy load, heavy exercise. It's a relatively painless process except for the workout. They hook up some electrodes, and then they cause you to get on either a treadmill or a stationary bike. And they make you work hard to stress your heart, to make it work hard. And through that test and the measurements of the electrode, they find out how much blood is your heart pumping. How much blood is flowing to your heart. What's the electrical status of your heart as it is put to the test? Those tests have ended up saving many people's lives because they have revealed heart conditions that can be treated. Our Heavenly Father is the great physician, and believe it or not, our Heavenly Father orchestrates and sets up stress tests for us in order that the condition of our hearts might be exposed so that we might all see on a regular basis our fresh need for Christ. Life can be stressful, and what's particularly stressful is when all kinds of stressful experience seem to come after us wave after wave after wave. I wrote down a couple examples. Job stress. At the same time, a family member is experiencing either mental or physical or emotional illness. God on Mother's Day sometimes allows young moms to experience a four-year-old throwing a tantrum and a two-year-old making a mess and a five-year-old swinging from a chandelier stressful situations. God can orchestrate cars breaking down at the same time the septic system backs up right when the tithe is due. Life can be stressful. What do we do in those times of stress? Well, David faced many such times. In 1 Samuel 30, We come upon yet another situation where wave upon wave of stressful circumstance break upon David's life. Remember, he was fleeing from Saul, the current and rejected king. He was fleeing for his life. And then there were many other times when he had to battle the enemies of Israel, the Philistines. And then he had the normal stresses Of life like marriage and parenting. We can learn a lot about how to deal with stress by seeking after God's heart in times of stress by considering the life of David. Let's all stand out of reverence for God's Word. Follow along as I read 1 Samuel 30 verses 1 to 10. Now we're going to study the entire chapter. But I don't have time to read the entire chapter, so we'll set things up with the first ten verses. This is God's Word. Now, when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day, the Amalekites had made a raid against the Negev and against Ziklag. They had overcome Ziklag and burned it with fire and taking, taken captive the women and all who were in it, both great and small. They killed no one, but carried them off and went their way. And when David and his men came to the city, they found it burned with fire, and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. Then David and all the people who were with him raised their voices and wept until they had no more strength to weep. David's two wives also had been taken captive. Ahinoam of Jezreel, and Abigail the widow of Nabal of Carmel. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because all the people were bitter in soul, each for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. And David said to Abiathar the priest, the son of Ahimelech, bring me the ephod, So Abiathar brought the ephod to David, and David inquired of the Lord, Shall I pursue after this band? Shall I overtake them? He answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake and shall surely rescue. So David set out, and the six hundred men who were with him, and they came to the brook Besor, where those who were left behind stayed. But David pursued, he and 400 men. 200 stayed behind, who were too exhausted to cross the brook Besor. May God bless the hearing and teaching of his inspired, infallible, inerrant, and authoritative word. Folks, this is God's word. He gave it to us because He loves us, He knows that life is stressful. And He wants us to learn to run to Him in those times of stress that we face. That we might experience His grace, His love, His mercy, and be changed. Let's pray. Father, we ask You to take Your Word, make it clear to our ears and our hearts. God, there's not one person in here that doesn't face stressful situations. May it reveal our hearts and draw us closer to You. In Jesus' name, amen. Go and have a seat. So Jesus was very honest with us concerning what to expect in life. Jesus said, in the world you will face tribulation. In the world you'll face stress. But take courage, he says, I have overcome the world. Then the apostle Paul says through many tribulations, through many stressful situations, we must enter the kingdom of God. Maybe the church hasn't been honest enough with people who follow Christ, but the scriptures are very clear. Christians are not promised an easy life. As a matter of fact, we are told that God in His sovereignty allows trials and tribulations, stresses into our lives. Not because He doesn't love us, but because He does. And He wants our hearts to be exposed so that we would see our fresh need for Christ. So God sends stress tests that examine our hearts so that we would see the need to be changed by grace. So four ways God uses stress and stress test to constructively transform our hearts. First way, allow stress to awaken your heart. In verse 4, David and his men, having come back from battle with the Philistines, enter their town of Ziklag. It is burned to the ground. Their houses are destroyed. The fields are burned up. Their crops are wiped out. And worst of all, their wives and children have been kidnapped and taken away by the enemy. Now, it says in the text that they weren't killed. Don't think that was an act of mercy. They were going to be trafficked. They were going to be slave labor. It wasn't a mercy that the Amalekites didn't kill the wives and the children. It was part of their ruthlessness. And David and his men knew that. And in verse 4, they weep so violently and so long that they have no more strength to weep. I've only been in that condition a couple times in my life, and I'm sure you probably have as well. But if you haven't, you will. What does God want to do when He brings such stressful situations into our lives? Well, First of all, he wants us to get in touch with our emotions. This isn't psychobabble. This is Bible. David wrote 73 psalms. And in those psalms, you will come across every human emotion anybody can experience. And when David went through the stress of losing his home and his fields and his family he wept, he lamented, he mourned, he got in touch with what was happening in his heart. You see, emotions are critical to the biblical definition of the heart. Just like the human physical heart has four chambers, uh, the right atrium, the left atrium, the right ventricle, the left ventricle, so the biblical definition of the heart has four chambers. The heart thinks, the heart feels, The heart desires and the heart chooses. And stressful situations surface all kinds of emotions. And too often as Christians, we ignore those emotions instead of following those emotions to where they might lead us. God puts us on the stress treadmills of life to put us in touch with emotions. Why? Because emotions are always related to desires, every single time. You don't feel out of nothingness. You feel as the result of the deepest desires of your soul. Bad emotions, negative emotions, whatever you want to call them, in a sense no emotion is bad, but you can have negative emotions. What do they arise from? Blocked desires or a desire that you perceive is being blocked. Positive emotions, they don't just happen out of nothing. They're connected to desires. And positive emotions are experienced when we see desires fulfilled or we perceive that a desire is going to be fulfilled. And so in stressful situations, God wants to awaken us to what's going on inside of us so that we can get more in touch with how God's made us and also get more in touch with His own heart for us. What do you do with your emotions when you experience stress? You see what David's men did with their emotions. Initially, they wept, and then they wanted to stone David. They didn't really follow their emotions to deep desires, or they never would have been led to want to stone David. They simply reacted to the emotions they were feeling without being awakened to what God was doing in their hearts. David, however, even when his men turned on him, turned to God. And all through the Psalms, he asks God, in more or less words, To awaken his heart. One stressor that I've experienced, that I'm sure many of us have experienced if you own a car, is when you're driving down the road and suddenly a little yellow light flashes on your dashboard. And that little yellow light is shaped like a motor and it says, check engine. That is a stressful moment because that check engine light alerts you that something is going on in your automobile system. Now, it may be nothing. It might not cost anything. It may just take you to an auto zone, they hook it up, and they turn off the light. It could also cost you $7,500, and you have more stress in your life. Your emotions are a gift of God to be dashboard lights, to alert you that God is up to something in your soul, and He's wanting you to go from what you're feeling to how He's made you to long for certain things and desire certain things. And the emotion you're experiencing under stress is often negative emotion. Blocked desires. David's men didn't become awakened to what God was doing in them. They just reacted. David sought God and was awakened to a deep desire to love his family, to love his wife, to love his children, to love his men, and to love his men's families, to love God, to fight for God, to stand up for Israel. David got in touch. His heart was awakened, and out of that awakening of emotions leading to desires, he then made choices. He wasn't paralyzed by stress. We're going to talk more about that in the next few moments. For right now, though, what do you do with emotions when they surface in stressful situations? Follow your emotions to God's plan for your life. Follow your emotions to understand how God has designed you Follow your emotions to lead you to seeking God's heart and discerning His will. Allow stress to awaken your heart, not shut you down. Secondly, allow stress to direct your heart. Look at verse 6. We're told that in the midst of losing his family, losing his home, losing his crops, and his men committing mutiny, wanting to stone him, what did David do? His heart in stress was directed to God. Verse 6, David strengthened him in the Lord his God. He turned to God in desperate dependence. Again, that's the purpose, the main purpose of God's stress tests. He puts us on the treadmill of life's circumstances so that we would turn to God and experience deeper intimacy With Him. When you face stress, are you you consumed and obsessed with your circumstances? Or are you fixed with your eyes on Christ? What stress are you facing this morning? And God's main goal that you've missed is He simply trying to turn your heart toward Him in deeper intimacy. Look, God cares more about our intimacy with Him than He does about a stress-free life. God cares a lot more about our intimacy with Him than He does about us having a stress-free life. And notice, it says, the text is very specific. David didn't just strengthen himself in the Lord, He strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. Not his parents' God, not his children's God, not his friends' God, but his God. Psalm 23 that David wrote in a time of stress doesn't say the Lord is the shepherd. He said the Lord is my shepherd. The note of intimacy. God ordains stress. God orchestrates stress. Stressful circumstances to build our intimacy with Him. But it doesn't just stop with looking at God. Look what happens in verses 7 and 8. David says to Abiathar the priest, bring me the ephod. Now we talked about what the ephod is. The ephod was sort of like the lot. There were two objects and you could ask God with the priest yes or no questions. And the way that the, the Ephid stones, the Urim and Thummim they were called, the way they laid out gave you direction under the priest of the Old Testament church. So David turns in stress to God in prayer. Notice there's no indication in the text of David's men turning to God in prayer. And as a result, they made an unwise decision how often again are we just reacting in stress rather than turning to god in stress in prayer you know saul can be contrasted with david again and again and in, in 1 samuel 28 saul is facing an imminent attack by the philistines and samuel has died the prophet But he still wants to talk to Samuel, but instead of turning to God and inquiring of God, he goes to a medium. He goes to somebody of the occult and actually wants the person to do a seance and call up Samuel from the dead. Now, what's going on in Saul that he turned to a medium and not to the church? What's even going on in Saul that he would turn to Samuel? And not to God. And what's going on in you that you would turn elsewhere than to God in times of stress? As a matter of fact, that's the question I want you to wrestle with today. Where do you turn? What's your first go-to in times of stress? What's your knee-jerk reaction in times of stress? God wants to develop intimacy. He wants you to experience him as the Lord your God. By the way, one way we do that is through community. David strengthens himself and the Lord is God. I hope that sounds a little bit familiar to this congregation. Because we already covered it in 1 Samuel 23. When Jonathan came to David, when David was in another stressful situation. And the text tells us that Jonathan strengthened David's hand in the Lord. We learn to turn to God in times of stress by being a part of community that turns us to God in times of stress. Allow stress to awaken your heart. Allow stress to direct your heart to God. Thirdly, allow stress to move your heart. What we learn here is David wasn't paralyzed by stress. So often, isn't that what happens to us? We just get paralyzed. We get so overwhelmed by stressful circumstances that we don't even know what we're supposed to do. And so we sit there often and get stressed by being stressed. And it snowballs. But David, in seeking God and his heart being directed to God in stress, look at verse 8. He asks God specifically, should I pursue after this band? In other words, should I allow this stress in my life to move me out and to do something? Now notice, he did ask first. So often, and how many times have I said this to all of us, there is, there is the paradigm of SR, stimulus, stressful situation, reaction. SR, stimulus, reaction. And then there's SPPR, Stimulus, pause, pray, respond. David's men just did the SR. Stimulus, react out of emotion. David, stimulus, pause, pray, and then respond. God doesn't want us paralyzed by stress. He wants us to be directed to Him in prayer. And by the way, we don't have an effid today. We don't have the lots, but here's what we do have. We have the Word of God. We have more than what David had. David had the ephod. We can discern what God longs for us by reading this book. So in the midst of stress, you direct your heart to God and you get in the Word. Are you doing that? Move toward the Word and then move out. Related to what God reveals in His Word to you. See, emotions, check engine light, awakens me to God doing something in my life through stressful situations, through the treadmill. Emotions awaken me to desires that God has given me. And then as I continue to seek God and He awakens desires, He then moves me to make choices so that I'm following His plan for my life as I move out in fresh faith and obedience. Now notice David in verse 9 does move out. It says he sets out with 600 men, but then there's more stress. And how often does that happen to us, right? Let's say we we are actually walking with God. We're in stressful situations. We're turning to God. We're reading His Word. We're in community. We sense we know what God wants us to do, and when we do step out, boom, another wave of stress. A third of his men leave after God has told him to go out and pursue those who took their families. And then we're told again, later on in the verse, that he still stepped out. He still moved out even with only 400 men. He had no idea how big the enemy was, but he moved out in faith. See, so often stress kills faith. But God wants stress to build faith. If you can just remember that one principle, what Satan means to attack us in stress is to kill our faith, to shut down our hearts. What God sends it for is actually to enliven our hearts and to increase our faith. Now, we didn't read the rest of the chapter, but if you read the rest of the chapter, when David steps out in faith in the midst of stress, God's providence meets him in amazing ways. The first thing that happens is they meet an Egyptian who was a servant of one of the Amalekites. And as they nurse that guy to health, he tells them all about the Amalekites and where they are and what they've done. And so God in his providence… See, now listen, God could have just told David this, and God could just tell you and me things too, But God loves us to move out in faith, and then he reveals himself in kind providences… That continue to grow our faith and then we're told that David in verse 18 recovered everything he recovered everything that the Amalekites had taken and he rescued all the people why because he refused to be paralyzed in times of stress he sought the Lord He sought God's Word, and then in obedience to God's Word and following his emotions to his desires, he stepped out because he longed to protect. He longed to love, and that's what God led him to do. How do you handle stress? Have you ever thought about the difference between a thermometer and a thermostat? A thermometer simply measures its environment. In other words, it reacts exactly to measure what's going on in the environment. If it's hot, it just measures it's hot. If it's cold, it just measures it's cold. What does a thermostat do? A thermostat responds to whatever the temperature is. If it's too hot, a thermostat turns on the AC and cools things down. If it's too cold, a thermostat responds and turns on the heat. To make it warmer. The thermostat responds to the environment. A thermometer reacts. In times of stress, what are you? Are you a thermometer who merely reacts? Or are you a thermostat that responds by moving out in God's will? Allow stress to awaken your heart. Allow stress to direct your heart. Allow stress to move your heart. And then lastly, allow stress to soften your heart. Again, we haven't read these verses, but at the end of the chapter, these guys who were too tired to go with David to pursue the Amalekites, they're sitting with the baggage. They had nothing to do with the victory. And the 400 men who did move out with David and saw God deliver everything back to them, they came back with a bad attitude to the 200 that were too tired to go with them. You bunch of losers. Isn't that sometimes under stress what we do? We get get angry, we get bitter, we get harsh, we become hardened. You don't deserve any of this. Well, the fact is, David clearly says later in the text, we didn't deserve it either. You didn't win the victory. God did. God could have done it with none of us. All 600 of us could have been tired. But see, the men were hardened by stress. Look, you know when that happens, don't you? You know when stress is starting to harden you. But not David. David allowed stress to tenderize him. One of the meals that Laurie loves me to, to make is a recipe that her dad uh, used to make her. One of her favorite meals, they're called pinwheels. and get flank steak. And you know what you do? You get a mallet and you beat the living daylights out of it. It's great for my stress. <laughs> tops are breaking, you know. We want to understand that Stress is supposed to tenderize us. Now, God's not beating us, but stress can tenderize us. And David was tender. David said to the men who already felt ashamed, who already felt embarrassed, he said to his men, you're not going to do this. As a matter of fact, the text says that he greeted those who stayed behind. You know what that word greet is in the Hebrew? It's shalom. David came back and said to them, Peace be upon you, friends. God's shalom and wholeness be all over you. See, he knew the men already felt ashamed. He didn't want to heap shame on them. But the men who were worthless and wicked, they wanted to heap even more shame on these men. David wants to share because he's been softened. You ever notice... Different foods, how they respond to being in hot water. Take an egg. Put an egg in boiling water for 15 minutes. What happens to it? It hardens. You have what is called a hard-boiled egg. It's got a hard shell. It's fragile, but it's completely solid. Conversely, put a carrot in boiling hot water for 15 minutes. And it's softened. When you find yourselves in hot water, when you find yourselves in stressful situations, would people say that you get more tender and soft? Or would they say that you get more hard and harsh? You know, if you think about it, this entire passage... Is a picture of Jesus who comes to rescue us not from the Amalekites but from sin and Satan and hell we were helpless just like Ziklag was destroyed our lives are destroyed by sin we're taken captive by the devil and Jesus comes And the more stress he faces, the more his heart is awakened to his deep desire to save his people from their sin. And the more stress Jesus faces, the more his heart's directed to God. Think of Jesus at the Garden of Gethsemane. The more stress he faced, the more his heart was directed to God. And then he faced the stress of the trial and carrying the cross and the scourgings. And yet, he kept moving out, even in the midst of stress, to follow God's plan. And then finally, under the stress of the cross, he was so tenderized and softened that he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. If you're facing stress this morning, run to Jesus. And even if you haven't handled it well, Jesus is the one who will be tender to you in your failure and in your continued wrestling with stress. Jesus is the one who says to every one of us, come to me, all who are weary, all who are burdened, all who are stressed out, And I will give you rest. Jesus is the newer and better David who gets always in touch with his desires to love his church and who will always act for our best and to deliver us from evil and every other thing that hinders us. Do you believe that? Let's pray. God, we ask that if there's anybody here this morning that doesn't know Jesus, that today would be the day their eyes are opened that the most stressful situation they've ever or will ever experience occurred at conception that we were born in sin, carried away, taken captive. And Lord, that's why there's so many stressful situations in life. So we pray that we'd run to you. We pray that we would find you faithful, that your providence would meet us. And Lord, may all of us right now, whatever stresses we're facing, may we simply surrender them afresh to you. May we turn to you. May we run to you in your word. And God, please show yourself faithful. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand and hear our benediction, the promise again of God's love for us, his presence with us during all the stresses of life. And now, may the Lord bless you. May He keep you. May He turn His face toward you. May He grant you peace. May He be with you forever. Amen.